Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation, to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. This episode is titled, Not Us. You guys know why. Huge shout-out to Boss Logic, whose photo we actually used um, for today's episode. So I didn't put the disclaimer in the show, so I wanted to make sure I said it so we didn't have any issues. But huge shout-out to Boss Logic for the amazing Iron Man photo uh, that he kind of took from the movie Us and kind of flipped it. Great artwork. Um, but let me introduce our panelists, starting with Dane. What's going on, Dane? Did you, did you call me Stain or Dane? Because I like Stain. Dane. I think I, that's like a – it sounds I can tough. Call you Stain. Yeah. I'll call you Stain. What's it's going on, well. Stain? Yeah, I, I like Stain. Stain's good. Hey, I'm just here just hanging out, you know, and and uh, there's a lot of tears uh, floating from people that, that want that Ben Affleck boat to hit the dock and – I'm just sitting here laughing my balls off. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Dane is looking to keep, keep me crying about Ben Affleck being gone, but sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> um, is there any specific name you'd like me to call you, Nick? Um, or is Nick okay? No, Nick's fine. Like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not particular about these things like Dane is with all of his nicknames and demands it's and Dave. all of his yeah, stay next. All of his bullshit. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> no, man, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm uh, it, it, I'm I'm suffering from a, a small amount of postpartum after the NBA trade deadline because like now there's like like shit. Like what do we talk about as far as uh, basketball is concerned? So it's good to uh, get some geek vibes uh, live going on so I can uh, fully immerse myself in something again. Well, I'll tell you this. As long as they put a microphone in front of LeBron and Kevin Durant, we'll always have something to talk about, Nick. That is very true. <laughs> but, um, and last but not least, Tia. What's going on, Tia? Uh, how are you guys today? Happy to be with you. Absolutely. So I'm assuming you don't need a, a name or a nickname or anything, right, Tia? You're good. I'm happy whenever someone actually gets my name right. You would think it's, being, it's, three, it's, it's three letters, and you think no one would mess that up, but you would really be surprised. Well, coming from someone who's been called Jerome, Joanne, Juwan, <laughs> said my name in Spanish, like, I, I completely get it. Juwan seems similar, Dave, but it's not. Daniel. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of names, too, man. It's horrible. Yeah. Dan. No, I said Dane. How does Dan and Dane not, like, how do they sound alike? They're just a fucking letter missing, but still. God, people. I don't know, man. People just get lazy when it comes to saying names. They want something simple, like, uh. Like, they want to just call you, uh. Hey, uh. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into our uh, topics. We got a lot to talk about. Let's start with the teaser trailer we got for Avengers Endgame at the Super Bowl. By the way, great game by the Patriots. Huge shout out to the Patriots. Anyway... Um, let's get into talking Avengers Endgame. Um, excuse me, Nick, I'm actually going to start with you. What were your thoughts on the very short 
teaser trailer we got for Avengers Endgame. Yeah, uh, that would be my first thought. It was very short, um, which, you know, is kind of what I think we all expected. We didn't expect anything, like, grandiose. First of all, like, Marvel, you know, they're they're usually pretty smart with their money, and it costs a shit ton of money to, like, advertise something during the Super Bowl. So, like, they're, they're not looking to, you know, have a full-length, two-minute-long trailer and, and pay, you know, $10 million to have have that uh, commercial during the Super Bowl. So, you know, they, they put out this little teaser. Um, it, was, it was interesting. Like, I mean, I think uh, there's a lot that you can, can pick out of uh, the trailer. I mean, the, the little uh, intro sequence was kind of cool with the, the black and white and then with the red that, that sticks out. Um, kind of reminded me, uh, just kind of like off the uh, cusp of, um, Dane, I know you've seen this movie, Schindler's List. Um, with the little girl in the red Ugh. dress, um, yep. with the you, you, but I mean, it, there's a, there's some parallels there as far as like real life tragedy versus this tragedy that they're going through there. Um, so I mean, that's kind of like I, I thought that was interesting. Um, but uh, but then yeah, when, once you get into like kind of the actual footage from the new movie, um, it seems like a lot of misdirects uh, that are happening. Um, it's hard to tell still when this takes place. It would seemingly have to be, in my opinion, um, not like at least the majority of the film isn't like right after um, the snap. Uh, you know, just based on like the little poster, like um, that that's you know up there. Um, you know, as far as uh, I think it said something to the effect, you know, what are we going to do now that they're gone? Um, you know that. Yeah, that would take that would take a little bit of time to like get those printed out and circulated and everything else. Um, but then you do have some some shots that do seem like it's like right afterwards, like with um, City Field and and um, you know the the Statue of Liberty, Ellis Island. So like it, it I'm still really kind of confused as far as um, when exactly this is taking place. Um, but I mean, I'm sure we'll get that more context for that as we get closer to the release date. And, uh, but yeah, by far, like the coolest shot was definitely, um, what, what kind of looked like to me, uh, you know, Nebula taking like part, her parts off to give to Tony so he could like manufacture whatever he's manufacturing. It's like, dude, that's super fucking cool. Especially because of the line, um, like, the, the the line uh, at the end of um, Avengers uh, Infinity War where you know she Nebula says to Thanos you should have killed me when you had the chance and he's like it would have been a waste of parts um, and so now she's using it looks like at least to me she's like taking like her hand off or, or you know whatever like taking apart herself to like try to give Tony the necessary things that he needs to uh, either rebuild. Uh, suit, which harkens back to the original Iron Man, um, you know, or, or whatever he needs to do to fix the ship that they're on, the not the Milano ship, the other ship, <laughs> to uh, to get it uh, fully functioning and, and back to where uh, Earth, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really quick, but a lot going on in the trailer. Um, so like, uh, I mean, you know, of course, we always dig into all of this stuff as much as possible. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cool shots. I will say, Nick, that the um, it, it's supposed to be obviously. Excuse me. Um, there's time travel in it, but I, I think some of the movie might take place right after 
the events of Infinity War, mm-hmm. but majority of it is supposed to take place uh, with with some time having being passed. Whether that's months, right. weeks, years, whatever, it's supposed to show um, what happened right after and then start to gradually morph into the time that has passed, and then we'll start to get into real actual time travel. Um, excuse me, but I, I will say something really cool, Nick, uh, I wanted to say to you before I pass it on. I did hear a possible rumor of Stan Lee's cameo possibly being, remember how he was a war vet in Age of Ultron? Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like Steve is in a counseling, uh, like, for survivors of the events yeah. of the snap. Um, and I was told Stanley Stanley's cameo could be one of the vets who survived. And instead of it being a funny cameo, it's more of a heartfelt one where he's kind of giving Steve the will to go on. Um, where he's nice. telling him, like, you know, even though, like, we lost someone, like, we still have a fight to, you know, to do or whatever. Um, and it kind of was, it kind of made sense when I was told that, because if you look at Steve's face, it kind of looks like he was down on himself. But like after hearing that, he kind of realized like the fight must go on. Um, right. But you know yeah, what? So that, you know what his face does. You know what his face reminded me of? Um, like he has those little like, like where his mouth is closed, but he's like he's positioning it, and it, it it's like a, a like a grimace, like he's like he's almost annoyed. Um, kind of in, in like one of those singular shots. It reminded me of the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant, at, at every post-game press conference, like when reporters are asking him questions where he just does that thing with his jaw and he's just like, man, I don't want to answer that fucking question. That's like exactly like the first thing that popped in my head when I saw Steve Rogers make that tape. Yeah, before I was told that, the first thing I was thinking was um, – he's sitting there being the only one that actually knows what, what happened, like who's responsible for it happening. So he's listening to everyone saying like, I lost this, I lost that. And he feels like he let them all down because he couldn't stop it. So he's sitting there feeling responsible while everyone's just like, I have no idea what happened. My daughter just disappeared. My husband just disappeared. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that the burden of that really rests on their shoulders. So again, what I was told was a complete uh, rumor uh, take with a grain of salt because you could take Cap's response a many different directions. So it's not just purely that idea. Um, excuse me, Dane, I'll go to you next. What were your thoughts, not only of the short teaser that we got, but of kind of what me and Nick were just kind of saying back and forth? I love the trailer. I thought it was, uh, you know, for a short trailer, it just, it gave a lot of depth about what this story is going to be like. And it's, it's pretty dark. Um, as far as time periods, I'm just equating from what I've seen that maybe the stuff, either one of two things, either Tony is, um, you know, him and Nebula are coming back and that will be pretty much the beginning of the film. And we're not seeing a lot of scenes with Tony interacting with Steve, but that comes first. And then we cut to later, uh, you know, cause there has to be a time period. I mean, they went and made a fucking, you know, poster about them moving on from this. I mean, there, it's got to have been time uh, from, you know, they're, they're having a support group. So I'm assuming that there's time within it. Either that or Tony's on a, on a journey and he'll probably come back to earth halfway through, but maybe wherever he's positioned in space, when he gets back to earth, time has already gone, you know, by uh, to a certain extent. And he gets there right where we are, where we see Steve and everyone else. But man, that 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 part where he puts on the uh, the shield, it just I love Captain America, man. He does doesn't stop. He's not 
he's not willing to give up. And, um, yeah, I think he does feel a lot of uh, remorse. Uh, it, it, he must feel responsible partially for not being able to defeat Thanos, but he knows Thanos is out there, and that pisses him off, and he's got to find him, and he's got to stop this. And I really believe that, you know, the way that Chris Evans and the MCU and Kevin Feige portray Captain America, that Captain America really believes he is going to reverse this as soon as he finds Thanos, where everyone else, he's got to bring them together. So, uh, you know, for a short trailer, it definitely was effective, and I enjoyed it. I want to ask you specifically about uh, a, a particular scene, Dana, and what your thoughts were on it. What do you think, uh, again, we're just here speculating, what do you think the team was seeing as Cap, Widow, um, I think it was War Machine, as they all walked outside and were looking up? Um, what do you think they were looking? Do you think it was Captain Marvel arriving, Tony's ship landing? What do you think that they were they were looking at? I think those are the smartest, um, you know, th- those two make the most sense, but I'm going to assume that's probably Tony returning. Uh, that, okay. that to me would probably, that he just maybe crash lands into it and everything, and they find him, and they're like, Tony! And then he punches Captain America in the face. Something like that. <laughs> that would be kind of <laughs> awesome. Uh, I do want to say, uh, because Marvel is, is really good at this. They did this with um, Infinity War. There's a lot of screen gaps that they had in this teaser trailer. One of the screen gaps is when they're all in the field. Someone is supposed to be there with them that they digitally removed. Another one that they digitally removed is when they're all walking through the Avengers base, and you kind of see it in between, like, the last two people um, that are walking. They digitally removed those two people. Um, And I'm really curious as to why, um, who those characters uh, might be, and exactly why they were removed. I mean, because we know that they digitally put something in for Infinity War when we saw the trailer and we saw Hulk, part of the Avengers running towards the uh, the camera. During the movie, that wasn't the Hulk. It was the Hulk uh, Buster armor. Um, so they do these things to completely throw us off so that we never have a clear idea on what's happening. <laughs> so it's smart. It's very smart. Uh, I don't think anyone can really say they fully know what to expect heading into a Marvel movie because they always find a way to throw you off. But those two things really stood out to me. And also, us finally, because I think that was one of my biggest things with the Guardians. I wanted the Guardians to at some point get their comic-accurate costumes. Um, And we actually see Rocket get his. Rocket has not only his two blasters in his holster like he does in the comics, but his button-up, his button-up attire. Um, the red and blue one with uh, like the yellow buttons, he has that on in the in the trailer also. So that was that really stood out to me. I thought that was freaking epic. Um, also, one shot that a lot of people are thinking of Thor is him looking for Thanos. If you look closely where Thor is standing, it looks like it's still in Wakanda. So I think that shot might be right after uh, the events of the snap. Uh, Thor kind of just going to to be by himself for a second. Um, because it doesn't look like the same place that Thanos was at at the end of uh, Infinity War. It looks different. Um, But, yeah, this trailer gave us no Captain Marvel. Apparently it seems like Captain Marvel is going to be treated like Superman was in Justice League, Um, to where if they show her, it'll be at the very last promotional promotional go-around that they have before the movie comes out. Um, So that's going to be interesting to see how they integrate her into, whether it's some promotional stuff uh, like photos or maybe another trailer. Um, Tia, I'm going to go to you. 
what were your thoughts on the teaser trailer for Endgame? And then if you want to kind of respond to anything that me, Dane, or Nick were saying. Um, you know, I like that it has, like, all these new little tidbits in it that we can sit here and discuss. Personally, I would have liked it to be a little longer just because this is the probably the most anticipated movie of the year. I know that they're trying to keep some stuff under wraps, obviously, and it was just a teaser, but being selfish, I just wanted to see more, obviously. Um, I really liked seeing Tony and Nebula work together. Not only was it a great uh, homage to the first Iron Man, uh, when we saw the first trailer to Endgame, and Tony obviously started it off by that really sad message people were wondering, well, where's Nebula? Why does he seem to be alone? But that shot pretty much told us, no, he's not alone. He probably just took a moment to make that message because of the really, you know, grim situation that they're in. Um, Personally, I would like for, I know this sounds kind of bad, but I would like for like a year to have passed in between Thanos' snaps that this is what people are dealing with, that we see Black Widow at some point firing her gun, preparing. And I almost want to be where it's been this really uh, grim, depressing moment for almost about a year. And then something happens. Either Tony finally comes back, Captain Marvel's there, something, and that's all of a sudden when we see everyone preparing, we see everyone walking uh, together in that specific shot. I think that's kind of what I want to see. Um, I kind of like the idea that you said, because a lot of people I saw were wondering, well, where is Thor? Did he go out and search for Thanos? Uh, Where is he? And I kind of like that that may be actually right after the snap as well. Um, a lot of people were saying that the scene uh, with the therapy, not the therapy, the, the group where it says, where, what do we do now that they're gone, that that's kind of very similar to when Steve Rogers kind of looks into the Falcon's uh, veteran group. So again, just like these little homages to previous movies within such a short little teaser was really nice. That's pretty much where I went with it. I kind of like that they're holding back on Marvel. I almost think that Captain Marvel, I meant, I almost think that we're not going to see any endgame promotion with her in it until after the Captain Marvel movie actually comes out. As far as who they edited out in those scenes, I have no idea. I'm trying to sit there and really think who it is. I don't think it's Tony because I think that when they're looking up in the field, that's maybe when Tony comes down. And I don't think that in that scene where they're all walking, that Tony would be that far back unless he's just teaming up with War Machine. So I don't think it's Tony. I personally, I don't even know. I kind of just don't want to know or not even speculate so that I can just be surprised when we get the actual movie. Captain Marvel. No yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. It, it absolutely could be Captain Marvel. I don't, I don't see them putting her towards the back. I see them kind of having her up front, if not behind Captain, maybe even in front of Cap. Um, but I do like something that you brought up, the idea of when Cap was looking in on, on Falcon's um, kind of therapy session that he was having. What stood out to me when, when uh, Cap was kind of giving that not us kind of speech was, 
Um, when he spoke to Iron Man in the first Avengers, and he asked him, like, have you never lost, like, lost soldiers before? And, and, and Iron Man told him, like, this isn't war. Like, this isn't war. This isn't just, like, oh, you happen to lose a soldier in the field. It happens. Like, this is, this is real life where innocent people um, are being taken. Um, and how that kind of comes full circle to where Cap's just realizing, like, we lost, like, half the population. Like, not just a few of the Avengers, like, half the entire population. Like, this, this is Captain America's ultimate worst nightmare. Um, someone who lives off being able to save the day, being able to solve the problem, um, not being able to. Um, and it also made me think of when Vision was like, you know, just take it out of my head. You know, take the stone out of my head. Even if I die, I die. And Cap said, we don't trade lives. But what was funny about that is Cap traded his life back in World War II um, and the possibility of Cap trading his life in Endgame. Um, so it just it's funny how everything that all these characters have been through comes full circle. And I, I agree with you, Dane. He's been one of the, the best characters, the most standout characters of the MCU since it started. Uh, and the idea of not seeing Chris Evans continue Captain America is something that's, that's really sad. Um, I mean, it is. I mean, it, it was one of those things where it was like, I don't think anyone was blown away by the casting when it first happened, but to see how Chris Evans has, not only progressed as an actor since then, but has progressed as Captain America since then, um, has been something just amazing to watch. Um, so the idea of not seeing Chris Evans as Captain America anymore, is, it, it's insane. It's just as crazy as not seeing Robert Downey as uh Do you know who could Iron replace Man. him? Who? Ben Affleck. He's not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> that would make my day, seeing Ben Affleck as a superhero again. Um, but I did, oh last thing, be, uh, before we move on, I did want to speak to what you said, Nick, on, uh, I think it was you that said it, Iron Man and Nebula kind of working on something very reminiscent of the first Iron Man. Um, it's mm-hmm. interesting because I kind of feel as though that, that part might come after he made that message to Pepper, and then he decided, yeah. no, 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 this isn't, this isn't how I'm going to, I'm not going to let myself die this way. Just like in the cave, I didn't let myself die that way. I'm going to figure right. something out um, for us to try to get. So now I'm starting to think, now that you said that, I'm starting to think maybe Tony and Nebula aren't rescued. Maybe they rescue themselves. Like we're all yeah. thinking like someone comes and saves them. I'm, I completely forgot as I said that, like, Tony is a freaking genius. Tony could figure out something to, to get them back home. Like, I don't know why I was just so quick to say, like, yeah, yeah, someone's rescuing them. Like, no, maybe Tony actually does it himself. So that is what, excuse me, um, you know, went off in my head when you said that. Like, no, no, maybe Tony just creates something that maybe gives the ship extra life or they, you know, create a suit to, to get home. Um, if you see the pro- promotional art that they released of Avengers Endgame with Cap, Hulk, uh, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and Iron Man, Stark's new suit looks as if he pieced it together. Like, it doesn't look like a suit he had in the vault. It looks like he pieced it together. So I'm pretty curious on that's what he does in the ship and then uses that suit to get home, whether it's to, to fly the ship with Nebula inside home or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it made me think uh, when you said that, Nick. So I kind of want to come full circle to that. But did anyone have anything else to add about uh, Endgame before we go on? Only that I I heard a theory that um, uh, Thor is in Norway, which is where um, you know uh, Odin was when he passed, um, and that's the shot that you see of him, and that's also the shot that you see of um, 
of uh, Rocket, um, like going like going through that little door or whatever um, to that hut. Um, I think that would be interesting if if Thor, you know, basically you know threw himself into exile, um, you know, uh, in, in you know went to Norway, with, you know, where his where his father went to die, um, and you know that. Uh, that Rocket is the one who who goes and gets him, um, and and you know is like, dude, our, this we're not done here yet. Like we got we got shit we got to figure out, and kind of gives him the kick in the ass that he needs. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea of that. Excuse me, because we know Odin did say that um, you know it'd be a perfect place for a new Asgard. Um, right. And we kind of heard no other mention about it since then, obviously, because Thor has been preoccupied, you know, with losing half of that Asgard. Um, <laughs> right. But I am really curious as to at what point will we see Thor reunite with Valkyrie? Because um, remember, right. Valkyrie has half of Asgard. Now, did half of Asgard get snapped away? Like the, the half that's not dead, did they get snapped away? So it's a lot of stuff that the Russo brothers do have to, to kind of address. Um, and I believe officially say she is back for Endgame. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see. Um... What is... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Tia. What if Valkyrie is the one who's been edited out of the shop? Ooh, Very nice. Likely. That's a Very good theory. Likely. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great theory. That's a great theory. I mean, because... But if, think of if it we like get it. Valkyrie, though, I want... I want uh, Forget his name, but Taika Waititi's uh, character too, because that that <laughs> what was oh, it? I Korn? think he is returning. Yeah, Korg. Korg, yeah. yes, dude, is the best character in that whole damn movie. Like, <laughs> piss off, ghost. Like, dude, I fucking laughed so hard at that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like that theory, Nick. That's that's a pretty solid theory. And Tia, you saying that that could be Valkyrie there because it has to be someone they do not want to show. Until you see it in the movie. And we saw Ant-Man with War Machine, so it's not that. Um, right. So it has to be Captain Marvel, um, possibly Valkyrie. I was even thinking that when they were walking, who they were trying to edit out is, uh, we've heard the rumors that Hulk and Banner fuse as one, and we get intelligent Banner. So maybe it's the Hulk, um, you know, mm-hmm. as intelligent Banner that they just want to wait until you see the movie and see him finally transform again um, since we haven't seen it since the beginning of Infinity War. So it's plenty that they could be editing out. I'm just saying it's those key things you have to pay attention to, especially with the Russos. They're really good at it. Um, but yeah. All right, let's, let's move on. We have some more, believe it or not, <laughs> Infinity War. I mean, not Infinity War. Um, <laughs> uh, in-game news to talk about, and that is, Apparently, the Russo brothers have reported, as of right now, Endgame is still at three hours. Um, And intermission is something that was being thrown around. Um, Nick and Dane, we were talking about this before the, uh, you know, during the pre-show, that usually making a movie three hours limits your ability to to have a lot of different showings at, at theaters. Um, because you're taking up a lot of that time already. Um, and, Nick, as you stated before, Disney wants as many possible showings as you physically can do. Um, right. The idea of them limiting that, excuse me, is something that I'm sure Disney isn't 100% sure of yet. 
Um, but I want to go to you first, Nick. Uh, what are your thoughts on Endgame possibly being three hours? Are you okay with that? And what do you think the actual possibility of it happening uh, is? Well, here's the thing. Like, would I be okay with it? You're damn right I'd be okay with it. I think we could all say that. Um, but will it happen? History says no. Um, like, and, and I'm not saying that it, it's, it can't happen. I'm just saying that if you look at historically, especially like look at recent history, look at um, look at Avengers, um, Justice League, um, Batman versus Superman, um, like the, and that would be like the the one of the biggest examples of a movie that you needed to keep at its you know close to three hour running time uh, runtime. That they were like, no, you need to hack this shit all apart and get it down to two hours. And then it was like, well, fuck, how the fuck are we going to do that? And they tried and maybe didn't do their best at it, and then we got what we got. Um, but, like, it just doesn't happen. Like, I, I think uh, I think Infinity War was, like, two hours and 35 minutes or two hours and 40 minutes, somewhere in there. Um, I, I could maybe see it being like uh, a little bit longer than that. And, you know, you think, well, 20 more minutes. You know, it's not that much, but if you do that over the course of every time the movie shows, like you said, Juwan, um, it starts to stack up as far as, um, you know, how many showings a theater can get in um, in a given day and turn that into a week or a month, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, and, and it's not it's not like a thing where you can be like, well, we're going to charge a dollar extra because this movie's, you know, 30 minutes longer than your normal movie. Like, people are going to be like, wait. You can't fucking do that. You pay, I pay to see a movie, not pay for the time it takes the movie to run. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would kind of agree with you. I lean towards it's it's not likely to be three hours. But I think if there was one movie they could get by with it, it would definitely be this movie. Um, simply because they know they're going to make a billion dollars easy. Um, they're going to make way more than a billion dollars easy. Um, and so, you know, if there's, I feel like if there's one movie that you could like use that, that amount of leverage with to say, we really want this to be three hours. Like this is our movie. We don't feel we've already cut it by down by, you know, an hour. Like we don't want to take any more out of it. Um, I, I think the Russos have garnered enough, um, uh, good faith with Disney for Disney to be like, all right, we'll we'll fight for this. And Disney knows that their movie is going to make a shit ton of money, and they know that not only does this movie make a shit ton of money, but so many of their other movies make a ton of money. Um, so they will be able to leverage the theaters and, and, and still get the necessary perks that they demand for you to have the privilege of showing their movies. Um, so I do think it's a possibility. I'd say yeah, 25%. I, I tell you this, I ha I didn't, me personally, I'm not saying it didn't exist. Me personally, I didn't hear anyone after infinity war go, did anyone else feel like this ran a little too long? Like I didn't hear anyone no. saying that. I, I heard everyone <laughs> that was just kind of like, man, if we could have had more time to avoid seeing everyone disappear that disappeared. I would have liked that. Like, <laughs> like the more All I heard of those characters kids crying and you know. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I feel as though if you're if you're Marvel, you've put yourself in a good position to where time is the last thing people will judge you for. 
Um, as long right. as the movie's good, I, I don't think anyone leaves and says, man, I hated that this was three hours. I, I just, I personally don't see anyone, especially who's a fan. And we know, um, we know fans are going to go, whether it's two hours, two hours and 30 minutes, three hours and 30 minutes. I think their worry might come from the general audience who's not as invested, who is now sitting there for three hours, um, which, which is a fair thing to think about, but I don't think that they make up enough to where it would be an issue. I mean, because if anyone thinks in-game going three hours won't still make a trillion dollars, I would then question whether or not you've been following anything that's been happening with the MCU. Um, right. But I, I do see Disney maybe coming up with a compromise, like maybe making it two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 45 minutes. Because um, to me, the biggest thing is it, it's going to hurt. And I was telling you, it's going to hurt concessions. Because there's no way, that, especially the geeks, there's no way you take a pee break. Like, there's no way you risk that. Because it's like you're going to miss something. Um, and this, like, these movies aren't the kind of movies you, you go to the bathroom and you come back and you just go, hey, bud, what did I miss? Oh, well, right. you went to pee and you met Thor landing on, on Wakanda and, and having the most epic Thor moment ever. Like, those, these aren't the things you want to miss. Um, so, I mean, that would be, like, one of the biggest things I think maybe the theaters would kind of push back on a little bit. But two hours and 30 minutes, another, what, 30, 30 maybe 40 minutes added to that. I, I don't see the big issue. Um, Jane, I'm going to go to you. What are your thoughts? Do you think this movie actually gets released as, as three hours? Um, and also I wanted to ask you, Jane, do you think it'd be smart for Disney to, for press screenings, release the press screenings as three hours, kind of see how that goes, and then maybe do a theatrical release of it um, as three hours? Or do you think if you're going to do that, just release it as, as three hours? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I do believe they're probably going to do all sorts of test screenings to find out certain information. I'm sure one of the things probably is the runtime, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as, as we're making it out to be. Um, just because there was a series of films in the early 2000s called the Lord of the Rings trilogy that were way longer than three hours, really looked like they had a very niche audience, but still the general public went and saw them. And let's... All right, so Fellowship, and I, I will admit I, I spent the time a lot of while you guys were talking to try to find out the theatrical runtime. This is what Google says, but I don't want to pretend that's 100% accurate. I will say the second one almost gave me a UTI when I saw it in friggin' theater, so I'm going to believe <laughs> these. But the first, the, first fellow, the first Fellowship of the Ring was three hours and 48 minutes. Uh, then the Twin Towers, which is the one I was referring to, which awesome ending – a lot of traveling through fucking forest uh, where you were like, should I go? Can I go now? Can I go? Is there a window? Uh, maybe something's going to happen. And then finally it does, uh, you know, uh, it was a three-hour and 55-minute movie. And the third one, to, to round them all out, was three hours and 20 minutes. All three Hobbit films were over uh, three hours. Three hours and two minutes, three hours, and three hours and seven minutes. They all got a lot of money. This one has been progressing a lot that even – the di- not not people that are diehard comic book fans or, or someone that's as invested as us, they're still going to see it. The general public make up the most out of everyone, and I don't think that three hours is going to deter them. Now, I understand, you know, if we look at then compared to now, I think, every, I think people's attention span is smaller. I think there are going to be people that are going to rather a YouTube breakdown of what the fuck happened in the movie than going to watch it in theaters because they're that, you know, they can't do that. But I don't think that's going to make that much of a difference uh, in the overhaul. 
And uh, I think that most of the fans are going to be happy, you know, if they get two hours or if they get three hours or if they get fucking five hours, they'll stay. They literally have in theaters, they make money's off, money off of this, where they do all the movies from start to finish in like an event style thing that people pay for and they do make a nice little chunk off them. So there is that audience plus the general public and them being invested, you know, in all these films, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I, I want to say I don't disagree with what you said at all. Um, I just, I, I guess when I was thinking of it, it's more of a thing to where it's like, I don't think the Russo's pushback will be more so from the theaters. I think it'll be from Disney. I think Disney has to be sold on the idea of doing a full three-hour movie. Um, but, I mean, my biggest issue with Disney Agreed. having an issue with that is that you've done a two-hour and 30-something minute movie. You adding another... <laughs> Another what thirty some odd minutes to uh to your movie isn't going to decrease anything, whether it's value, right. whether it's uh, critique, none of that. Um, so I agree with you, Dane, in the sense of I don't think us, the people, will have an issue with it. I think <clears throat> selling it to Disney, who is not that sold on you reducing um, showing by by you know increasing the uh, the time limit for it, I think that's the biggest roadblock that they would have. Um, is Disney rather than anything else. I think Disney will be their their biggest roadblock. Absolutely, and that's why I said that I think it like the Russos having earned enough um like capital with Disney having done, you know, um uh what three like home runs for them already. Um I think that's why I give it 25% because I could see Disney being like, "All right, Fine, Russo brothers. We'll give you your three hours, like, um, because I mean they've been so great for them, you know. So like maybe that's where I could see it happening. But I agree with you, Juan. I think it's I, I don't think it's necessarily like um, the fan base, uh, you know, unwilling to to watch you know something for three hours or or doesn't have like the um, or would just rather it be shorter or whatever. Um, I, I I more just think it's it's a um, it's a money issue, and um, you know how does Disney negotiate that with theaters? And I, I and like I said, like Disney having such high negotiating power because they own Hollywood um, for the most part. Um, you know, I think they they would be the studio who could pull it off. Yeah, uh, Dane, did you have any response to that before I went to Tia? Because I, I wanted to, in case you had a, a, a you know response to what we were saying. Well, no, I mean, yeah, I, I can see what you guys are saying when it comes to Disney, but, like, you know, when you were talking about the theater itself um, or worried about the, you know, the, the general growing audience, I don't think that's as much of a worry as what you're saying, you know, with it being Disney that doesn't want that long of a runtime. I just, I mean, this is, I think they would give Star Wars movie three hours. I think they would give an MCU movie three hours without even little hesitation, but I, I don't think... You know, like I said, I watched almost a four-hour fucking Lord of the Rings movie. Sorry to Lord of the Rings fans. I think they're great. Whatever. But a fucking four-hour goddamn movie. So I know it can happen, and based on the popularity of the franchise, it probably will happen. Yeah, yeah, and I I can't even Yeah, and I watched Blade Runner 2049, so, like, and I loved every fucking minute of it. You know, it's funny. It, it was before, like, I got into the idea of, of doing, like, stuff like what we're doing now. So when I left um, 
the Dark Knight that that was really long. Like a lot of that yeah. could have been cut down. Um, yeah. So that was what I felt, not really viewing it as like a huge superhero fan. I kind of went into that movie with my dad as like, you know, seeing how this movie was going to be and everything. And I kind of felt like this is long. Like a lot of this movie could have been cut down. Um, could have, like they could have just trimmed some of it, but it felt long. Oh yeah, there, there's um, a lot of cityscape shots that take their time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of felt long, but by no means did that make that movie not still a classic. It just still felt long, and I don't think I felt that from Infinity War. I I agree with you, Dan. I felt that from Lord of the Rings. I think I saw Lord of the Rings on DVD. I didn't see it in theaters, so I paused a lot, like a lot. Um, To put back in y'all's perspective, though, about about Disney and how they are, I, I was researching just now, and you guys are right about something, though, because... Their longest runtime they've given for a franchise um, was the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and that was Pirates at the Caribbean. I think it was the last one at World's End, actually. No, never mind. And that was two hours and forty-eight minutes. So yeah. that, from all research that I've found, which I mean, it's it's the internet, so I could be wrong. But from what I've looked, that's the longest they've given a movie so far out of their whole entire set. So maybe you're right. I don't know. Yeah, which in that thing. I could see, I could see like that twelve minutes being like something that they haggle over over at Disney. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I will say, and I'm going to pass it to you today. I will say their biggest issue, yeah. Dane, and the 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 most recent evidence of 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 that is when Star Wars came out. They were demanding that it be in almost every showing, um, like any possible open spot, Star Wars. Um, so it, it was, you know. They're big on their movies maximizing uh, monetary growth. So they want any possible showing that they could have. So I could see them saying, we want Endgame to have every possible showing, um, but you doing it at three hours apiece, it eliminates whatever else might come out around that time, uh, trying to squeeze in multiple showings. So, I mean, look, they'll, they'll work it out. The movie theater will get paid. This will get paid. They'll figure it out. I'm not concerned. That's their money, not ours. Um, but see ya. I'll go to you. What are your thoughts on Endgame possibly being three hours, and do you actually give it any percentage of uh, of actually happening? First of all, I wouldn't mind at all if it were three hours. I will sit my happy ass down in the movie theater and watch it. We have this movie theater that serves you food and drink during your movie. I just won't get a beer, so I won't be tempted to take a little bathroom break. I will just sit there and watch it because when Infinity War came out, I was like, I need more. What do you mean this is the end of the movie? Like, I could have definitely sat down for another half hour and watched another half hour of that movie. I think, is it going to happen? I don't know. I don't kind of want to make those assumptions just because I'm not that aware of the industry and the company and yada, 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 like you guys are. But I don't see it being a problem with it being three hours just for the story-wise. We have so many characters that are going to come in. We have so many things that are going to happen. Tony needs to get back to Earth. Uh, Captain Marvel needs to get introduced. We need to bring back all the people, or at least some of the people who disappeared. We need to have the closing of Captain America's storyline, Iron Man's storyline. I think that there's a lot that's going to happen that for them to limit themselves to try and cut it down to maybe hit a two-hour mark would be a disadvantage. I remember when Justice League came out, 
and they said that it was only two hours long, and people are like, two hours? Like, that's just nothing when you're trying to put together this huge mashup of all these superheroes. So as far as story-wise and what the Russo brothers want to do, I see no problem with it being three hours, and I certainly wouldn't want them to cut out any scenes that maybe would have been vital, maybe would have helped explain another scene a little more, or even if they try and cut out characters that maybe had a small scene and they can't fit that in because they're trying to fit within a mark. I think that it should be three hours. This is the fourth Avengers movie. This is the culmination of 10 years and 20 movies that are going on. I think that if this is going to be your last Avengers movie that you're going to have for a good while, then do it in three hours. The, the major fans will appreciate it. Even the minor fans will still go because it's a superhero movie and maybe they won't even know that it's three hours. They're just going to go and sit down and it is what it, it is. Um, so personally, I, I would love for it to be three hours. I have no problem with it being three hours and, if they're going to give anything to the Russo brothers, they should, Disney should give them their three-hour movie because th- this is it. This is the Avengers Endgame, and this is going to be the last Avengers movie that we're going to have for a good while. This is going to be the last movie that we see a lot of characters in. I think that they need to have it at least three hours so that they can tell their story. Yeah, and yeah, to that I think point, they... like... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. To, that, to that point, like, uh, about, like, you know what scenes hit the cutting room floor i mean i think your your latter point on that is very significant like you know maybe maybe there's like a like a scene with uh natasha and and um clint that is like this kind of side scene that really like um you know they have a very intertwined relationship and like that's something that could easily hit the cutting room floor but it could also be a very powerful scene that really sets up like the the um stakes and the tension and everything else like i don't want to lose any of that just to hit a particular like time just to hit a particular um 2 hours and 37 minutes or whatever the case is so like yeah i mean as far as storytelling let's just hope and and we haven't seen disney mess this up yet um and i don't think we'll see them do it now but let's just hope that if it needs the three hours they give them the three hours and i think if it needs it they will yeah and i'll say to the point that you guys are saying uh the evidence of that is in age of ultron a lot of people might have felt like that farm scene wasn't necessary, but I do. It, it, it spoke heavily yeah. uh, to Clint. It spoke heavily to setting up Civil War um, between that moment of Cap and, and, and Stark. So that scene was very important. A few moments of those of that whole uh, time that they were on that farm could have been cut, um, like the Banner and Natasha conversation that right after that movie went nowhere because Banner left. Like uh, some of their entire like, relationship could have gotten cut on that yes, movie. Yes, yes, <laughs> I agree with you on that. Yes, but um, but that farm scene was important to Clint, and it was important to setting up uh civil war between Stark and and Cap. It was starting to divide, um, you know, between their the ideology between the two of those guys. So it was very crucial. So if you're telling me there's a scene where Natasha's sitting down with Clint 
and talking to him about, um, like, what happened to you? Like, what's what's going on? And he's like, I lost my family and everything. That, to me, is very important, um, especially if right. one of those two characters doesn't make it out of Endgame. So it's very, it's right. very important you put in what needs to be put in. Um, and if that's three hours, by all means. My, my biggest issue with Justice League was it seemed like Warner Brothers was forcing it to be exactly two hours, meaning if there was anything else that was relevant to that story, they were like, doesn't matter, just make it two hours. So that, to me, is, is the issue, and I hope Disney doesn't do that. If three hours is what needs to happen, let it flow. Um, Dame, I, I didn't hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. Did you have anything else to add before we moved on? No, no. I, I think that's it, actually. I'm, I'm good. Okay. All right. Um, then let's continue to go. I have some Fox Marvel news that I want to go over with you guys. But first, I want to talk about a little Warner Brothers stuff so we can take a break from Marvel and Fox, or well, from Marvel for a second. I want to talk about something that's really bothering me, and Dan, I think it's really bothering you too, so I'm going to start with you. Um, according to uh, THR, Warner Brothers is, is developing a Aquaman spinoff film based off the trench. Now, I want to read to you a tweet from James Wan, uh, Dane. I want to read this to you really quick. Um, James Wan responded to someone who was pretty much saying how useless a trench movie would be. Wan's response was, during the early stages of pre-production, I fell in love with the trench and its designs and secretly hoped to explore this world further. Furthermore, now I'm not confirming or denying this project. Winky face. So it seems like it's something Wan was selling them on. The point that the guy was making was Warner Brothers, when it comes to Wan, is like so obsessed with them because like, Juan had that doll in one movie, and then they gave him a movie about the doll. He had the preacher lady in one movie. <laughs> then they gave him the movie about the preacher lady. It's like James Wan. We don't always need extra of something. We were good with just the one thing. So, Dane, <laughs> I, I give the floor to you. Your thoughts on a trench movie and James Wan's comments about it. Get your popcorn, I'm just, fans. <laughs> I, I'm just waiting until we get the Paul Walker ghost uh, movie after the Fast and the Furious movie that he did. <laughs> Um, you know, where it's a hologram just walking around. God fucking damn it. Um, let me just say that James Wan, if you are so entrenched with the trench, then why don't you make the next fucking Aquaman movie about it? Why do we need a movie with not really? I mean, I have no idea because I haven't kept up with comics as detailed as they used to. Is there even a fucking trench comic book in DC right now? My, my main thing, guys, and I always go back to this when I hear, you know, Steven Spielberg thinking about doing a Blackhawks movie, which is definitely happening sometime soon. Sure. Um, when the fuck are we going to get details about a Man of Steel 2? We do not have a goddamn Superman movie on the map. We even had rumors, innuendos, whatever, about a Supergirl movie that would definitely not have Superman involved in it. Why? What the fuck? If you're not going to have Cavill because he asked for too much money, whatever dickhead reason that you have for it, get someone to fucking play Superman. I don't give a shit about the trench. You know what? I would give a shit about the trench. If you make them the villains in the next Aquaman movie and maybe try to humanize them throughout there somehow that these weird creatures actually have some type of element of humanity or something and make that your, your center point for the Aquaman movie. I don't want a fucking trench movie. Who, what, who, who is the main trench guy? Who the fuck is the guy that's going to be the main trench guy? I mean, seriously. 
Uh, is he going to join the Justice League later on? Give me a goddamn fucking break. I'm sorry. I like people being creative. <laughs> I'm glad James Wan can get obsessed with like little weird things from his other fucking movies. They've always been so goddamn successful. Just kidding. And I love James Wan as a director, but I'm just saying. It's fucking stupid if it's true. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, and I think I think what makes it worse, Dane, is they're they're saying Aquaman won't won't be a part of the movie whatsoever. So it'll be a right. movie just completely, utterly about the trench. Now I, I think what's funny is when I saw the trench, it was the one dominant thing that I was like, this is a hundred percent James Wan. Like it's creepy, it's spooky, it's scary, it's dark. That's James Wan. But at no point did I say, man, I need more of this. <laughs> so, like, I, I, the the thought process, and to me, Dane, I'll even make this point. Yes, do I want a Man of Steel, Green Lantern, Flash? Yes, of course. Batman, like, right now. But it's other things that they brought up that I'm like, why don't you focus on that? Like, they brought up Blue Beetle with Jaime. I would really love that. Focus on that. I, I don't need a trench movie. Like, if you're going... You're going to tell me that your main Justice League, you're taking a break or slowly processing, whatever, but you're going to do stuff like maybe a Lobo or uh, a Jaime Reyes uh, Blue Beetle movie. It's like, okay, those I can take more seriously. But if you're trying to sell me a trench movie before I can see The Flash or Superman again or Green Lantern, that's when you're going to start to lose lose interest. I mean, because he's going to have to mark – well, let me not say he because he didn't say he was doing the movie. But whoever does this movie – is going to have to market it like, like crazy um, because there's just no interest in it. Like, no one has interest in it. And to, to your point, Dane, I haven't seen any semblance of a Trench comic. I've seen Aquaman comics kind of venture about the Trench, I believe, uh, but I haven't seen any purely just about the Trench comics. So I'm with you, man. It, it, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on a Trench movie? When I first read it, uh, like read the the post that uh, or the show notes or whatever. Where whenever I first saw this this story, um, my my very first thought was, I bet Dane's gonna love this one. <laughs> so I'm so glad um, that that we got to get an awesome Dane rant on this episode. Um, yeah, I agree with you guys. And here's the thing, like um, like Dane like Dane's kind of overriding argument is. Like, why don't you focus on this or that or, you know, all of these other things that are way more important than a trench movie? Like, my point would be, like, just simply, like, who wants a fucking trench movie? Like, nobody. Like, I don't I, – like, it's not even why – like, why aren't you focusing on this? It's why are you even considering this? Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of um, my thought process. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like – um, yeah, it was a really cool um, 15 to 20 minutes of the movie, and maybe not even that much. I can't even remember. Um, but, you know, as far as like exploring it in a whole movie, it's, it's, it's a trench in the ocean with a bunch of like creatures that have given up on any amount of humanity. Um, you know, they're, they're scary-looking creatures in the water. Like, like dude, no. I, I just I, I I I don't my my biggest problem with this is um and, and maybe it could be um maybe I could get over it if I had a story but like 
I'm I'm sitting here trying to rack my brain around like how would you do a story like would it be like like would you have like some Atlanteans who who wandered off into the trench not knowing what they were getting themselves into and then all this like I just I struggle to find like a really good story about the trench that Nick, doesn't involve I got it. man. Okay, Nick, I got me. Let me let me Does push this to Okay. No, there's no Ben Affleck. Actually, he's playing the leader of the trench, so yes, there is there's Ben Affleck. Yeah. But it'll be CGI, so no one will be able to tell. Um, okay. I'm thinking they do Romeo and Juliet with the trench Ooh. people and, and Atlanteans, and they do something where uh, the princess of Atlanta, I mean Atlantis, whatever the fuck, you know, marries the trench prince, and then they're, they, nice. they hate each other because of yes. family struggles, you know? Okay. Um, no, yeah, I, you I, just I, I hate this. Uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet in the trench. I love it. That's a, <laughs> that's, that's a billion dollar idea. <laughs> I tell you what, James one right now. <laughs> it has me more excited than thinking about seeing those ugly monsters just being <laughs> ugly monsters. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm completely fine with that, Dane. Actually, what I want to do is kind of like copyright this episode. So like, if it does happen, <laughs> we we can sue and say Dane called it. Of all um, the ideas I've had for Hollywood and Warner Brothers in particular, this one I think is the best one. They definitely <laughs> should grab it. Bar none, man. Bar none. Yeah. Like, yeah. You so know we're that, copyright that whole Manhunter script you had? That's fucking chump change compared to this one. Like, fuck I, it, dude. I mean, it's like Fast and the Furious Zero compared to it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me go to Tia. Tia, what are your thoughts on... Uh, again, I want to make this clear. James Wan, and under no circumstances did he say he was directing a trench movie. It just just happens to be what was in his movie that he was saying he was really excited about exploring it more. Um, but that was not him saying that he's directing it, producing it, or anything. Um, it, he really just should have said nothing. But whatever. Uh, you know, with his thoughts <laughs> on Warner Brothers possibly, uh, you know, greenlighting a movie about the trench. First of all, I was really confused when I even saw that post about it. I go, really? That's what... My biggest thing is that I can't stand when these studios want to waste their time and money on just obscure projects. And to me, I think, as it kind of was spoken by you guys beforehand, if they want to maybe make a world or do this or that, maybe it's a little bit more of a sell there. But the just be like, oh, these are these cool, weird creatures and we want to make a movie about them. Why? Why do you want to waste, again, people's time, people's money? You could be putting that to other projects instead of this shit. It makes no sense to me at all. You have a slew of other characters that are just waiting to be explored. You keep pushing back all these other movies, but you want to make a movie about the trench? It just makes absolutely no freaking sense. Um, and maybe, maybe Dane's cool Romeo and Juliet idea would work because then you would just have, like, one of those weird creatures rip off, like, Juliet's head or something at some point. I don't know. But it, to me, it makes absolutely no sense that they want to do a trench movie that they're greenlighting it or whatever, unless, unless James Wan does it because he really wants to just go to his uh, horror roots, and he does it as not necessarily a part of the DC universe, but maybe just like a one-off on the side 
that's a DC property. I don't know. I'm confused <laughs> as to like why we're even talking about this. Not that why we're talking about like, but why is this a subject that you know people are going to even talk about because it makes no sense to me. I've got will, a theory. Go ahead, Nick. I will just say this. I think that. You know, Warner Brothers, when they first kind of started this DC thing, they said, we're going to be um, director-driven, and, you know, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, um, give our directors free reign. And I think that was kind of a, an obvious slight to the early MCU movies where they had to push a couple directors out. The one that really stands out in my mind is Edgar Wright with Ant-Man, and they brought in Peyton Reed, and that turned out just fine. Um, but, like, I mean, I, I feel like this is um, – this is kind of the the studio giving like I, I feel like it's it's basically like a James Wan's like hey you know what like I'd really like to do a trench movie I'm not going to commit to like this Aquaman sequel but I'd really like to do a trench movie and they're like you know what I bet it, if we let him do this trench movie he'll probably do Aquaman too and he made a billion dollars on the first Aquaman so let's let him do this trench movie and then like it, does it not smell like that to you guys like. It just feels well, like that that Warner Brothers is just like like God. We gotta we gotta hold on to every asset that we can get, and so like we gotta like let them do whatever they want to do. And it's like, dude, I just, like no, you don't. No, you don't. Like you could just be like, we're not we're not gonna do a trench movie, James. And if you don't want to do then. Aquaman two, we'll get somebody else. With, with his involvement with 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 Swamp Thing on the uh, DC app, I just don't understand why he wasn't like. Okay, let's see. I want to do something horror-related. Hmm, trench guys that, you know, don't really have a lot of story behind them. Or the Justice League <laughs> fucking dark. Oh, right. you know what? Trench guys. I, uh, you could do a Constantine <laughs> movie. You could do a Swamp Thing movie. You could, there's so many. You could do uh, a Dead Man movie. You could do a fucking Spectre movie. There's so many horror-related characters in DC. Yes. Let's do, let's do the Sea People. You know, and see, and right. if you were dealing with a smart production company who made rational decisions, they would steer him in that direction and say, well, hey, why don't you check out like these various properties? These are things that we would like to explore that we have been thinking about. We just haven't really found somebody who we think shares our vision for them. Um, but like, hey, man, this Justice League Dark, look at all these characters that you get to play with and everything else. And like I, they're just not. They're just – they're – I don't know, man. I I just think that it it it's just it always comes up. It always comes back to Warner Brothers just doesn't really seem to get it. Doesn't really seem to have a vision um, that they are are like going uh, towards. And it's, it's just it's really frustrating um, as a fan of these properties and like you know. It, like having to, like Tia said, like having to talk about this because <clears throat> this is not something that that should be talked about because it's something it's not something that should fucking exist. Well, I will say this. I will say the, the biggest thing for me is I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. So let me start there. But I, my biggest issue is if they were, if we had a Superman two movie in production, we have the Batman going into soon. Wonder Woman two comes out next year. Green Lantern was was talking about being in production soon, along with the Flash. I still wouldn't want you could a have, movie. <laughs> no, I don't want it. But you can have as many stupid ideas as you want, as long as you're steering the course in the sure. right direction. Like to sure. me, I, if if you're telling me I get the, the main Justice League having their solos, whether it's their first movie or their sequels, 
in like entering in production. Do I want a trench movie? No. I, I don't want most of the movies that they're talking about doing. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset with it. I'd be like, okay, well who cares? I just probably won't go see it. But as long as you're focusing on what truly matters, which is the the thing like I feel as though they're steering a ship without the, the, the wheel thing, like the, the I don't want to say steering wheel, whatever that thing is to actually direct the, the ship. Like you not doing a <laughs> sequel to Superman, you not doing the first movie to Batman, a movie to Green Lantern and a movie to Flash is a problem. And the fact that they don't see that is my only issue. Like, it's okay. People have plenty of stupid ideas. Like, Paramount allowed Michael Bay to do at least nine Transformers movies. That's a stupid <laughs> yeah, idea, but, but it money. made them a lot of money. It made them a yeah. lot of money, yes. I'll give them that, yeah. But still, why? <laughs> I mean, like, they were bad movies that just were cashing in on kids, getting their parents to go, to go take them to see it. But... You sure. have to focus on what matters, and what matters is your Justice League characters. And the fact that they don't have their solos or their sequels, but you're trying to sell us a trench movie, is it's weird. It, it's just weird. And I feel like the guys over at Warner Brothers are just like, who wants to do something today? And someone's like, hey, I want to make a Rumpelstiltskin movie. All right, cool, put it on the board. Who else? I don't know, you know, maybe <laughs> right. Humpty Dumpty. Cool, put that on the board. Let's do it. It's like, hey. What about Superman's sequel? You shut up. Get out. You get out. You get him out of here. We don't talk about stuff like that. So, like, it's just they, they don't know what they're doing. And it's okay to sometimes step back and say, we don't know what we're doing. How about we get someone who's invested in this world to steer the ship, and we get this thing back on board? Cause and they, what, what the and problem they, is, tried, they tried to do that with Jeff Johns, but it just apparently didn't work. Well, to me, I think the biggest issue, one, was Jeff Johns wasn't, the position he was given wasn't what we thought it was. Like, they weren't going to Jeff Johns and saying, hey, put on a board what matters, and let's start with that. I think they were more right. so saying, all right, we have an idea. Help us flesh out the idea. And unfortunately, none of their ideas seem to be good ones. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm just saying this. As long as they continue to, I guess, every once in a while, give us a good movie like Shazam or Aquaman or Wonder Woman, I guess this is just our future of DC movies. To where we're sitting here waiting for what really matters, and we don't get it, but they sprinkle it here and there. So, who knows? I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But this is weird. Uh, well, it's almost like on. it's flat. I'm sorry. sorry. It's almost like no, a flat though in the fans' faces because this is what they're wanting to. We're paying the money for the movie tickets for you to make your money back on these stupid projects that you're doing. It just really is almost an insult in a way, because as you guys said, where's our Man of, uh, Man of Steel 2 sequel? Where's this? Where's that? And we're not getting it. And at this point, can you blame any of the actors if they want to step away? Because it's like, at this point, you're taking too long. I have all these other projects. I have freaking all these other studios calling me, and I want to commit to their stuff. But I'm sitting here waiting, twiddling my thumbs for you to make another decent movie. I mean, at this point, you know, say if they do happen to make a Flash movie, is Ezra uh, Miller, is he going to even be on board for it anymore? If they decide to bring in Cyborg again, is he even going to be in it anymore? Because they're just taking so long at this point. Well, Interstellar would be a good Flash. To speak to that, um, <laughs> it just would be a good anything. <laughs> to yeah. speak to that, actually, to that exact point, um, Ezra Miller, the the production on the next uh, uh, 
the Fantastic Beast movie is on hold. Um, and Ezra just signed on to do another movie. So he's going to do that movie, then have to film Fantastic Beast. So it continuously pushes the timeline for the Flash. But the problem is, I don't blame Fantastic Beast like people are quick to do or any other movie. The problem is Warner Brothers never sat down and said, okay, Ezra, this is when we want to do a Flash movie. Can you make time? Right. It's just like, right, yeah. whenever we decide to do it, if you're available, and isn't cool. Fantastic if not, Beast we won't Warner make Brothers? it. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, yeah they're, yeah, they're basically just like, yeah, keep doing these Fantastic Beast movies that make us a lot of money because we don't know what the fuck we're going to do with Flash. Like, right. That's basically what that, that's saying. I don't think we should expect Green Lantern or Flash to be in production anytime soon, and that's sad because three or four years ago we were expecting both to have already been in production or have been set to be in production. Um, so yeah, we were supposed to get them both this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we were supposed to get Green Lantern next year. Flash is supposed to be yeah. this year. Flash this yeah. year. Yeah. So, whatever. But um, let's move on to some more DC news. We have from. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to pronounce his name so I'm not like just completely just obliterating it. But Haram Garcia. Haram Garcia. Har- I'm gonna say Haram Garcia. There you go. Haram. Mister Garcia. Mister Garcia is what I go with. There we go. Um, he <laughs> gave us some news on um, a Black Adam movie, uh, and, and this is his direct quote. So as we were developing an actual Black Adam and Shazam movie, we were just realizing that both characters are so special that we didn't want to compromise either of them by cramming them both into the same movie. So that's why we made the decision to let Shazam have its own standalone movie and kind of launch him properly. And then we'll do the same for Black Adam. And so that kind of really freed things up. It allowed us to develop the right versions of both. Now, Black Adam is supposed to either go into production or start something uh, the beginning of next year. Now, the reason why Mr. Garcia's comments bother me is because, let's not kid ourselves, the reason why you separated them is because you want to maximize profitability. And you know The Rock is walking box office. So you wanted him to have his own movie, to where he doesn't have to be necessarily the guy who loses in the end. If anyone else was casted as Black Adam, Black Adam would be in Shazam movie. Let's not kid ourselves. The Rock is the reason why. And I don't think anyone on this planet Earth, if anyone else was casted as Black Adam, I don't think anyone, anyone on this planet would say, we need a separate Black Adam movie. The character just isn't that interesting without Shazam, in my opinion. I'll say in my opinion. Um, but The Rock is why we're getting a separate movie with Black Adam. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, but, uh, Dan, I want to start with you. Um, what are your thoughts on Mr. Garcia's comments about the reasoning for why he separated the two and your, <laughs> your belief that we'll actually get a Black Adam movie, whether it's starting production or something, uh, the start of next year? Uh, start of next year... I don't know. We will get a damn movie. The Rock signs a million contracts, and he usually lives up to all of them. I don't know how. I think that he's maybe like Dr. Manhattan, and he makes like fucking clones of himself, and that's how he can perform at WrestleMania and make six movies in the same fucking month and a television show. I don't know. I mean, the guy is nonstop. I was thinking that his production company, I wish it, I wish it was called uh, What I'm Cooking Productions. I think that would have been really good, but it's not. But uh, I just I had that idea, so I wanted. To but um, yeah, I 
I, you're right. I mean, the reason why we're getting this movie is because of Rock wanted to play Black Adam. Black Adam is a very in-depth character. Um, I think that if you got, if someone wants to read a good arc, uh, all of his involvement with um, with 52, not the new 52, but the actual comic book series with Booster Gold 52, and also World War Three that followed up that where Black Adam was trying so hard to be a good guy, and then it just his wife and her brother both got killed, and he just went ape shit and became a you know just this this evil uh, kind of Doctor Doomish almost. So they can go with this. What what The Rock says about him being an antihero, I don't really get. I mean, I guess you could uh, – he's usually one way or the other. He's not someone that's in the middle. Um, I, I really wish The Rock was playing Lobo, but I'm going to get over that eventually. Um, but, yeah, Black Adam will get done. I wish he was getting incorporated within Shazam. Like, why not just put him in the second cap – I mean, not Captain Marvel. Not Captain Marvel. I'm sorry I said that. Uh, the next Shazam movie um, – as a villain, and then branch him off from that. Maybe they fight, I, I, I don't know, some Greek deity, Hades. Maybe they fight Zeus together at the end of it, and they, they come to terms, they become buddies, and then The Rock goes off. Look, it's The Rock, okay? Warner Brothers is going to fucking wait around for the goddamn Rock. I mean, he's one of the biggest entities in Hollywood right now, when it, especially when it comes to action film franchises, and he's perfect for comic book films. If they don't wait around... Um, and and who knows? Maybe maybe the Rock will finally. I don't. I think the Rock is into this. That's what I'm trying to say. They're going to wait around for him. If not, you know, Disney's going to be like, "Hey, Rock, here's about 20 characters you want to play. You can do whatever. We'll wait for you." If they won't, I mean, it just comes to that. Or his schedule, which is ridiculous. Like I've I've said beforehand, but who knows? Um, but yeah, that's if you smell what I'm cooking. That's that that's what the Rock is cooking. I do indeed, Dane. But I, I wanted to just ask you again. So you do agree in the sense that the only reason these two characters are separated is because one of them happens to be The Rock, which is like a walking uh, blockbuster. Absolutely. That's why it's like, if I could, I would have had The Rock play uh, Lobo, uh, and he would have done a Deadpool thing with it, and I think that would have been better as a solo series, but if they give Black Adam The Rock to play him, they will make sure that all the comic books that really you know, put in-depth uh, storyline into Black Adam more so than just being, um, you know, Shazam's enemy. Uh, they'll make the story fleshed out for The Rock. They're doing this because of The Rock, if you smell The Rock's right. cooking. Right, and, and I think the, the biggest, <laughs> the thing that's annoying the most is that The Rock could have only been a cameo in this movie, and I think we all would have been fine with it. Like, the idea that they're that they're pushing that, you know, we didn't want The Rock to be like the villain or, or the anti-hero or whatever in this movie. All we needed was like when King Solomon is talking to him or Solomon is talking to him, we could have just had a quick shot of Black Adam in full costume, maybe strangling somebody or using his powers. Like a cameo is all we were asking for. Like we weren't saying he had to full-on be in it. So it's just like the idea that those two couldn't be in the same movie for you to introduce Black Adam for a solo season makes sense. To me, it's just like, whatever. You're, you're grasping it, but whatever. Um, Tia, I'm going to go to you next. What are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Garcia's comments about the, the Black Adam movie? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I almost forgot that, uh, you know, The Rock was going to be Black Adam. I was just focusing more on Shazam, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. 
that didn't happen. Um, as, <laughs> as, as you guys said, it's because he's The Rock, he's Dwayne Johnson, he's such a mega star that this is why they're giving him his own movie. This is why we're not seeing him in Shazam, which is a shame. They could have just had a small little cameo, and I think that everyone would have been completely fine with it. Again, since it's The Rock, um, since we're sitting here and saying that maybe Black Adam wasn't really that interesting, why does he need his own movie? But be because you're having uh, Dwayne Johnson do it, I think that it might actually become something. Hopefully they'll make a movie of substance and it'll be fun and kind of stay maybe within the DC like feel of it and not, I hate to say it's not necessarily just feel like another Dwayne Johnson movie. I like the guy. I like that he's this really fantastic person that I keep hearing about but all of his movies kind of have the same feel to it. I just don't want it to end up as, like, another skyscraper. Um, that's my only thing. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I guess I see where they're going with it. I guess I could see why Mr. Garcia decided to do what they did, but you didn't really necess- necessarily need to have it that way. Yeah, and, I mean, the, the thing is, Black Adam is an interesting character. He is, but, in, again... They're they're not the same situation. So let me let me preface that before I go into what I'm saying. It's not the same situation. But I personally feel Black Adam and Shazam are the same as Spider Man and Venom. I don't necessarily want a Venom movie that doesn't have Spider Man, even if it's a cameo, because um, a lot about Venom's story is important to Spider Man. So it's like to not have them in a movie together at all, and you trying to sell me that movie by itself. I before I see it, I go. Uh, but when you do what Sony did and what Warner Brothers did and you get two really huge names, it then makes us go, well, I kind of now want to see it just for The Rock as Black Adam. But it's not necessary. Like, you could have put him in Shazam, have him be the, the end credit scene, and then you could have shown a movie about him that ends, you know, maybe with him doing whatever that sets up for that next Shazam movie that the – um the idea of, you know, those two going up against each other. But when you do a solo, I think what they're trying to do is what Dane said. They're trying to make him a antihero because with The Rock, you don't just do one Black Adam movie and then that's it. Like, they're going to possibly flirt with the idea of a sequel if it does well in the box office. That's what I don't want. That is what will bother me. Don't start creating Black Adam stories because Black Adam is a Shazam villain. I don't want to see Black Adam popping in, you know, here and there, fighting these weird villains that you take from Shazam, like, no, don't do it. <laughs> like, to me, it's unnecessary. But, Nick, what are your thoughts on uh, Garcia's comments about a Black Adam, about the, the Black Adam movie? Um, first of all, I'm going to go out on a limb and say his name is Erman. Um, I don't, I haven't seen how it's written, um, so I, I'm not, I'm not positive on that, but that seems like a, a safe bet. Um, but, uh, as far as, um, his comments, I, I mean, I get it. I, I think you're absolutely right, Juwan. I think that, um, I mean, the fact that the rock is, is, is going to play black Adam means that you definitely want him to have his own movie. Yeah. You could have a cameo. I, I, I don't think that's really what he was talking about though. I think he was more just talking about like, uh, we didn't want, 
him to play the villain in this movie. Um, essentially, we didn't want to necessarily have a the Mummy two, uh, the Scorpion King situation where you have him be the villain in the, this movie, and then he's the the you know hero in the next movie. Um, you know, I, I, I and I get that. Um, I, I, what I, yeah, but I think what'll happen is, is like Dane said, I mean, if there's a, if there's a, um, kind of classic comic book arc where, um, you know, he loses his, his wife and his brother, um, I could totally see that. I mean, that, that's, that's classic storytelling. I mean, that's Mad Max, um, you know, it, it, any number of, of various characters. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could totally see him in that kind of role. Um, where, you know, essentially he, um, you know, starts out being like whatever, like kind of a good dude or whatever, and, you know, that shit goes down, and then he's got to take vengeance, um, and then, you know, he's basically, um, you know, not necessarily an anti-hero um, in, the, um, in the Shazam movie. Um, like, he's more turned at that point, um, the possibility of redemption, um, but in his particular movie, yes, he's an anti-hero because he is, you know, trying to take vengeance against, you know, the people who who killed um, his loved ones. Um, so I mean, I could see that working out. If that makes sense to me, um, given that they have a guy in The Rock to play the character, and it really could flesh out the character more to where, you know, when we get um, his appearance in hopefully in in a Shazam sequel, um, that you know it'll be. Um, we'll, we'll already have a little bit invested in this character, and you know we'll understand his motives a little more, um, and and not maybe not see him as a singular bad guy. Now the trick with that is you still have to convey that in the movie. You can't just rely on your previous movie to convey that. Um, will Warner Brothers get that right? Fifty-fifty eh, shot there. Um, but hopefully, you know, that helps them lay the groundwork, um, for having him be one of their more compelling villains, um, you know, you know, going forward, um, because they, they just don't have a lot going for them right now in the way of compelling villains. I mean, I, I know you liked Orm, uh, Juwan. I, I thought they could have fleshed his character out way better. Um, in fact, that was, you know, kind of one of my critiques uh, of the movie was I thought his, um, his his characterization could have been fleshed out better. Um, and then, you know, Lex he's still got a lot of room to play with that character, but from what we've gotten so far, I've not been, like, a huge fan. Um, and then, you know, other than that, there's not really that many villains still around to play with. Um, so like he could be one of their more fascinating villains, um, and if setting up like a backstory, like a tragic backstory, um, kind of lends to that, I can see where Garcia is coming from as far as the statement. Yeah, I think my biggest issue is Nick, <clears throat> uh, with what you're saying with it being limited villains. I mean, everyone has an extensive, uh, well, mainly not say everyone, but DC does have a really good rogues gallery uh, with with their heroes. I think the biggest issue I have is Warner Brothers, again, no one up there um, knows anything about the comic world. Like, none of the, the, the heads up there. So, like, when Zach said, let me create a world for you, 
Zach took almost each of the, the characters' best villains and already introduced them um, before you could do a solo movie introducing them. Like, I thought it was a mistake for Zach to not um, put Lex Luthor in a uh, in Man of Steel as just a cameo, whether it's someone mentioning him, just something. Um, so then when BBS Well, they did have the, out, the truck that said Luther Core or whatever on the side of it. Right, but I just <laughs> like mean, that was I just mean they, if yeah. you're not if you're not aware of, of Lex Luthor and Superman and the connection between the two, BVS came out of nowhere to you. Like it completely came out of nowhere. It was just it like didn't do a good job of setting up the rivalry, that is for sure. <laughs> right. Right. So I mean Lex I mean not Lex, I'm sorry. Zach kinda just went through a whole bunch of storylines that other directors could have used, a whole bunch of uh characters that other directors could have used. And now it's yeah. kind of like, unless you reboot everything, it's kind of like we've now seen those characters now. So now we're looking for you to give us something completely different. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, it was very unfortunate that he did it that way. And it kind of messes things up. Um, excuse me. Uh, for, for the world to properly build itself going forward. And it's, it's a shame. Yeah. Uh, but it, it reminds me, it reminds me of like, the the season seven of Game of Thrones, where it's just like they're speeding through so much shit because they're they're ready to be done with it, um, and so like everything is advancing way faster than any previous season. Um, I, I kind of see a little bit of that with Snyder's approach to this whole DC universe. Is like, well, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing these movies, so I want to like cram in all the good story arcs, and it's like. Dude, like, just because they're good story arcs doesn't mean if you cram them all into, like, a few movies, they're going to end up being good movies. Like, it doesn't work that way. You still have to have a good script. Um, you have to have a, 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 a continuous story, a good story from front to end for a movie. Um, like, shoving in The Dark Knight uh, Returns and, and the death of Superman into a movie – it, it, that doesn't make it a good movie just because both of those are well. One of those is a great, you know, storyline, and the other one is is a pretty good one. Like it, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely with you. It's just it's one of those things where it's just like Marvel. My issue with Marvel is you introduce great characters, then you kill them. So like it doesn't give anyone like ability to play around with them in the future. And then with DC, it's just like you crammed all the really good ones really quickly. Like, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. someone would have liked to have done a better arc of the death of Superman. Um, right. The way the animated world handled it was, was beautiful because it set it up to where it's like the world has now become so dependent on Superman. Now, what do you do when he's not there? It then introduced right. the Superman, um, Reign of the Superman. So it's just one of those things where it's like he kind of ruined like 80 different great stories. Uh, yeah. So it's real unfortunate, but Let's continue. We got a little bit of Shazam rumors. Now, I'm going to tell everyone, if this does happen, um, spoiler alert, I guess, but take it as a complete rumor. Um, We got word that there was supposed to be a super cameo in Shazam. We got this covered reported, uh, and according to the sources close to them, that there is supposed to be a scene towards the end of Shazam where Freddy's through the entire movie, has been asking Shazam to show up at his school to, um, you know, show his, you know, show his classmates that he knows a superhero. Um, pretty much towards the end of the movie, uh, right when he's supposed to show up, 
Uh, at that point, Superman walked into the room. But since Cavill isn't looking ready to return anytime soon, the film will allegedly use a body double that doesn't show Clark Kent's face. Now, my issue with this is Henry Cavill looks – I don't know if anyone's seen Henry Cavill. There's never a time Henry Cavill doesn't look ready to be Superman. So that, I'll say, a little bit of BS, too. Um, I think the biggest issue is they don't have him under contract. So if if Henry Cavill did shoot a scene for this movie, it was purely out of the idea of wanting to get back in that costume or whatever. Um now, we're hearing conflicting reports on the scene could possibly be cut, the scene could not even make the film, or, like this is stating, that it is a body double that you kind of just see, like, the door open, the sun's bright, so it doesn't really, like, zoom in on his face, and it's just the image of him standing there. Um, I don't really know what to take from this. I personally felt as though, I don't know if you guys saw the animated movie of Shazam, uh, Shazam and Superman, uh, where they were both fighting Black Adam. I always felt this first movie needed that, needed that recipe, because um, it would scream box office. Uh, you having The Rock in it, whoever you casted as Shazam, and Henry Cavill's Superman all in one movie uh, would be just great. Um, but obviously they didn't go that route. The movie still looks like it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the idea of Superman? Let me not say Henry Cavill, of Superman being a cameo in Shazam? I think, honestly, it's double-sided because Superman does mean so much for the Shazam kind of storyline in the comics, and we would have liked to see Superman and Shazam interact. I I will say this. It's cool because you have Freddy, who's really into all of these superheroes. He's the one that Billy goes to once he gets his powers of Shazam to kind of teach him more about the Justice League, essentially, just for argument's sake. And that's really cool to have it. Um, It's going to be kind of probably a cute scene because Freddy's going to freak out. But it at this point feels like a little too soon, I want to say, for fans because I know that there's a lot of people mourning the fact that we're not going to have Henry Cavill coming in as Superman. So it's almost a bit like, well, why couldn't you just get him to do that little cameo? I don't know what the reasoning is for. Um, I want to think that maybe Cavill wants to come back just because he recently on Instagram posted a picture of him next to a Superman statue. It's kind of obvious that he still feels maybe a part of the character, so I don't know if it's a money situation, a timing situation as far as his filming schedule. Um, It would have been nice to have him have that little cameo. As far as uh, what the scene will be, as far as the storytelling, it's gonna, it'll, it'll be cute. It'll be a cute little scene. Freddie will freak out seeing Superman, and at least will maybe establish that these two characters, Shazam and Superman, now know each other, and it could possibly pave the way in the future for Shazam to appear if they do a, another Justice League movie. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing that I was looking forward to is the idea of, we all know Shazam is Superman just with magical powers. Um, so the idea of Superman having been in the game for as long as as he's been before Shazam comes into play, 
the idea that he can show him how to become, uh, you know, the proper superhero. Um, and, Dane, I know you remember Justice League Unlimited and how their, their ideology – uh, their ideology kind of differed when they had that huge fight over Lex. Um, so it's just like, excuse me, the idea of seeing Superman with Shazam, uh, possibly even versus um, uh, Black Adam would be great. And I'm not saying that still can't happen. It obviously can. Um, but I thought for the first movie, that would have really, really, really helped that movie out um, in the idea of it just exploding box office-wise. Um, but you know, obviously it's not going to happen. <laughs> We're not getting black Adam or possibly even Superman, but yeah, this seems like it'll be one of those tongue and tongue in cheek kind of things where it's like Freddie freaks out. Everyone's like, Oh my God, you're super cool now. Um, it, it, it's funny because it reminds me of, if you guys remember in homecoming, Ned kept telling everyone like, Oh, Peter knows Spider-Man. And Peter's like, what? <laughs> like, why would you say that? Like, I can't be Spider-Man and Peter at the same time at a party to show people I know Spider-Man. Um, so it, it was just really funny to, to see that and, and know that Ned and Peter know that he's Spider-Man. Everyone thinks Spider-Man's cool, but Peter's a dork. Um, so that, that to me was funny, but, uh, excuse me, uh, Dane, what are your thoughts on, um, Superman possibly being a cameo, um, in Shazam? I, I hope it's not true, and I hope that it's not Black Adam. What I want to see is the leader of the trench show up to talk to Billy Batson and try to work something out to lead up to a trench movie. Um, I'm very big on a trench movie from uh, DC. I think that's very important to get that uh, franchise out there. Um, in all seriousness, um, yeah, look, I, I think that that would be cool. Um, I would prefer having Henry Cavill. I think that would be awesome, especially if Cavill gets to speak to him and give him a little bit of advice, you know, uh, that would be awesome. I don't know if we'll get that, if we'll get even a Superman cameo. I'm pretty sure we're not going to get a Black Adam cameo. Do I think that it could have helped uh, to have all three of them? Yes and no. Like, yes, it could have exploded the box office, like you said, Joan, but also could have exploded a bunch of, like, convoluted mess everywhere as well. And I mean, you know given Warner Brothers and their track record sometimes, even though they're doing a good job, this seems like something that they could try to put too much into, and then it becomes, you know, somehow Zack Snyder is involved, and they're doing the storyline for Kingdom Come in the fucking movie, and then just, you know, who, who cares about them being older in the comic books? We're just going to do it like here. I'm not saying that's going to happen, or, or it would happen. Obviously it wouldn't, but I'm just saying, Warner Brothers scares the shit out of me with everything. Um but I do like the idea of Superman showing up. I think that would be awesome. And if they do have Henry Cavill, it gives hopes to a lot of fans. Um, and it shows that there is a level of continuity between these films outside of pretty much everything Batman-related other than the Gotham City Sirens. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, um, if it's not, I'm going to assume it's because they don't want Henry Cavill to play Superman anymore. And that's just simply the reason why he's not portraying the character. And if it's very small and brief... And more of a stunt double doing whatever. Cool. Neat. I'm sure it will be a very cool scene within the film. <laughs> Trench movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. I will say, I will say, Dan, the continuity that it seems like we're going to get from this movie, even if we don't get the cameo, is that um, in the trailer, you hear them talking about Superman. You hear them talking about the events that happened. And Billy has, Billy or 
Someone got noise? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Billy, Sirens. Uh, the battering. <laughs> That's me, guys. Um, Sorry. Oh, no, I thought it was <laughs> no maybe worries. Dane... Dane poking fun at Gotham City Sirens. I thought that's what was going on. Um, but, uh, that's the people yeah. coming to pick me up to take me to the insane <laughs> asylum because of this fucking trench movie. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Billy has the battering in the drawer. So like you, you see, and it's the same battering that, that Ben used uh, in, in the previous uh, movie. So you see that there is the, the connection there. Um, but I think that's pretty much those tongue-in-cheek things are all we're going to get going forward as far as can, uh, the connection between the universe. Um, but, Nick, what are your thoughts on the possibility of a cameo of Superman? Well, I want to offer, uh, like, a small correction to your um, initial statement, Juwan, because you said that Henry Cavill is always ready to be Superman, and clearly he wasn't ready to be Superman uh, when they did those reshoots, because that fucking mustache is so bad, dude. Like, ah, uh, like uh, the granted the CGI probably could have been a little better, but um, that was that was uh, that was real rough. Like maybe they could have shot some um, stunt double shots for that shit, because that was bad. Um, but uh, damn, that just fell flat. Uh, anyway, um, ha 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 ha. ha. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, well, you know what, Dane? You know, I, I laughed at your shit. Um, granted, I was on mute, so maybe you laughed at mine, too. I don't know. Maybe you were on mute. I, was, I, yeah, uh, I actually was on, mute. I was on mute. I was on mute. I was yeah. on mute. I honestly was on mute. Uh, that's the problem with mute, man. Like, it, you know, you get the better sound quality, but, like, you, you miss all the, the laughter. Um, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it's cool. Uh, like... I guess if you're going to do it and you don't have Henry Cavill, um, yeah, you definitely need to do it like a like a over the shoulder type shot um, of a stunt double and all that and you know what have you. Um, I I don't think it's necessary, um, and you know I I feel like I would rather, you know, there, I can't remember the movie, but there, I would rather have their like introduction actually be seen like the first time that Shazam meets uh that Billy Batson as Shazam meets Superman um I'd rather that be on screen and if this this whole cameo situation is to be believed that would not happen because he would basically have met him off screen so that the viewers could see the big surprise of him bringing in Superman and blah 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 I don't think that I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze there. You know, you, you, you should utilize that kind of cameo when you could have a much better um, interaction between those characters actually meeting each other for the first time. I, I think moments like that are worth more than a throwaway post credit scene. Like, at least with Justice League, like, you know, it, it, it wasn't... Um, you know, there are two post-credit scenes. One, Flash had already met Superman, and that was a very cute post-credit scene. I, I enjoyed it very much. And then in the other post-credit scene, it was like um, it was uh, uh, Slade actually meeting Lex Luthor, and like we got to see that interaction and how it went down. Like those moments are more important 
like are very important uh just in general and like I don't want to miss out on that just to have a little post credit scene of the back of Superman's head showing up like I that is my biggest thing like I I want I want the first time that Shazam meets Superman to actually mean something um and if that happens off screen um yeah I'm I'm not not going to be the biggest fan of that I I don't really disagree with you but I think I'm a hypocrite because in in Titans they um they didn't show Batman but you still got to see Batman in action um and I loved it like I mean did, do I want someone act like in a real actor being Batman rather than some guy doing it yeah of course but just seeing Batman in action again after this, this huge yeah, but you're not going to see had. Superman in action, Juwan. You're just no, going to see him show seeing, up. But seeing how cool it would be, I mean, because I'm not thinking of it in the sense of me personally, the fan. I'm thinking of it how it helps the story of Billy um, coming in contact, or just seeing Superman in person, or seeing Freddie, like his reaction, seeing that iconic character just show up at the door. Um, I just it it it'd be funny to see to me like it'd be like oh that's that's hilarious sure sure but like we, wouldn't it be like wouldn't it be a lot cooler to like see um, an interaction between Shazam and Henry Cavill Superman like for that to be their first meeting and like not just to like wash away the first time that they meet and and just have him show up and then the next time you see those two characters together they just know each other. Like, you don't ever get that, like, introduction. Um, I just think that, that those kinds of things are important, um, it, you know, as far as establishing uh, th- th- these, these worlds colliding. And I, I think it would be a misstep if they do that. Like I said, I don't necessarily disagree. <laughs> I just I think I would be considered a hypocrite because I spoke so highly of that Batman moment. Uh, but yeah, I, but I, I, think, I don't, I don't, I don't know what particular Batman moment you're talking about because I haven't watched Titans. But like, obviously, Dick Grayson already knows Batman. So like, I mean, what you're you're talking about the other Titans not meeting Batman? Like, I, I guess I see where you're coming from, but like, to, to me, like, I don't think that's on the same level as far as what I'm picturing in my head. Fair enough. Dane, did you have something you wanted to add? I was just going to say, if we need a stuntman to play either Batman or Superman, Scott Atkins isn't doing shit besides a couple of movies going straight <laughs> to DVD. So I just want to throw that out there. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I miss the early days. I miss the early days of Geek Vibes Nation when everybody wanted Scott Atkins to be, like, cast for everything. Remember those days? They were great. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's yeah. not go back to those dark times. We're good now. <laughs> and, then he, um, and then he got his ass kicked by the cloak of whatever in fucking Doctor Strange, but you know he, sh- he oh, yeah, still wait, should uh, replace Ben Affleck. It was it was Scott Atkins and Jarek Eccles. Is that his name? Eccles. Jensen. Eccles. Jensen Eccles. Yeah, those are the two guys that were like the biggest two fan casts in the first like year of our uh, of our venture into this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, not good times. Not good times, especially because people were sold that the guy who did the voice uh, should be playing a, a young, a younger Jason Todd in the movies. And I'm kind of just like, you guys are skipping so yeah. many steps. You want, you want an older <laughs> Jason Todd before he's even. We don't. Even, 
Brock Lesnar should be Venom. Yeah, <laughs> not good times. Not good times. All right, let's uh. um, let's let's move on. We got a little bit of Fox Marvel news. I want to kind of loop back around into. Um, again, some of this is is actual has actually been said. Some of this is a bit rumored on my end. Um, but we got some Fox Marvel news in the sense of I've been hearing that we could get a casting for Wolverine by the end of this year, top of next year, the latest. Kevin Feige and Disney are working together on finding the replacement for Hugh Jackman. Sorry to everyone out there who thought Hugh Jackman was coming back, even though he told you he is old and his body is not willing to go through that constant work day in, day out to stay that buff. Um, he, is, he has said it numerous times, and I think he means it. Uh, <laughs> you even had the, the head of the uh, of Fox who was overseeing the, the whole Marvel uh, stuff. She even said, like, I don't think you guys realize, like, he was waking up at 4 a.m. every day to get in that shape. Uh, and, and as he's getting older, it's just not something his body seems like it wants to do. Um, so we will be getting a new Wolverine. Um, I'm also hearing, let me bring up my notes exactly. I'm also hearing that the next X-Men, uh, not the next X-Men movie, I'm sorry. The next Avengers movie, the next big team up Avengers movie could possibly even be Avengers versus X-Men. Um, also, excuse me, um, I have here Bob, Bob Iger states Marvel will continue to keep Deadpool rated R, but if he is in a MCU team-up, he will obviously have to be PG-13. Um, also, last bit of news, MCU will look to release four movies a year, not including Sony's Venom universe or Into the Spider-Verse films. Um, so we're doing rapid fire here. I want you guys to kind of quickly go through each of these and kind of just give me your thoughts on it. Um, Tia, I'll actually start with you first. What out of what I said the most stands out to you the most? And then you can kind of just cover each or whatever ones you want. Um, what stands out the most is them wanting to keep Deadpool rated R because that was the big question moving into this whole Disney and Fox thing that what's going to happen with a character like Deadpool. So, um, honestly, I think that that's kind of cool that they are taking that into consideration. They know that that's what fans are concerned with. So if they're willing to make him, uh, you know, keep him as radar, that's great. I'm just wondering how the marketing is going to be because with the Disney logo slapped on it, you're going to have all these moms who are going to take their kids to the movie theater and then they're going to get all upset because, uh, you know, Deadpool saying the F word and other crazy shit is happening. So that will just be interesting moving forward. The recasting also of Wolverine stands out to me. I wouldn't expect uh, Hugh Jackman to come back. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, I'm completely fine with his last film being Logan. It was a beautiful film. It was a great ending for his version of Wolverine. That being said, I have three actors who I would like to see, not would like to see, but, you know, well, kind of would like to see as Wolverine. I don't think any of them are actually going to happen. And I'm going to say them and then I'll throw them back to you guys. Uh, either because someone pointed out to me, Pablo Schreiber as Wolverine. Uh, I still am just hung up on Boss Logic's uh, 
picture where he imagined Tom Hardy as Wolverine. I know that that probably wouldn't happen because he is Venom in the Sony universe. And then someone also pointed out to me, and the more and more I think about it, the more and more I like it, but I just don't think it would happen, John Bernthal as Wolverine. So those are my three picks that I know will never happen, but I'm going to throw it back to you guys. I will say to you, from what I was hearing, and I was talking to Joelle about this last night, apparently Feige and Disney, the next Wolverine we see will be the most comic-accurate Wolverine. Um, I was told that that does not definitively mean costume, but it does not rule out costume, uh, a more comic-accurate costume for Wolverine. Um, we've seen so far in the MCU, they've hit the, the, the nail uh, with everyone's costume so far. I don't recall a hero's costume that I didn't necessarily like, um, but that is something that is part of what they're looking for as far as going forward in casting. I do not know, obviously, if that means height, because uh, Wolverine is pretty short. I think a lot of people forget that because of 20 years of Hugh Jackman. Um, but, I do, again, I'm not speaking on what they're looking for in casting because I do not know. So I want to make that very clear. Um, that would rule out, that would, I'm sorry, that would rule out Pablo Schreiber, who's like six foot five. So, you know, if they're trying to get yeah. a more height-wise comic book accurate, um, you know, that really quick, uh, Joanna, I have to disagree with you. I do not like Scarlet uh, Witch's costume, but that's just me. You can move on. Well, to be fair, I will say outside of the actress, there's nothing I really like about that character because Josh Whedon completely created that character very poorly from the, the, uh, how she spoke to then how in Infinity War it was gone. Like, a lot about that character bugged me. Well, that's not uh, Whedon's fault. But the actress fault. I love. Say it again, Nick. I said that's not Whedon's fault that her accent just – they no, later no, no, on no. chose to just remove it. <laughs> I don't blame him that the accent disappeared. I blame him that he gave her an accent that she just was really bad at delivering. Like I didn't know what I that. I don't think was she was that bad at it. I disagree. But I'll go to okay. you next. What are your thoughts on um, the stuff that I listed from the the Fox Marvel news and kind of what stuck out to you the most? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I, what stuck out to me the most is is the the fact that like they're looking at doing Wolverine sooner rather than later, um, and they're looking at casting um, somebody. Um, as far as, like, the casting choices uh, that Tia threw out there, I actually – the only one that I do actually like that she threw out, but I do like it a lot, is John Bernthal. And because of, like, you know, if we get a an announcement that Punisher's canceled, which we, like, all kind of think is going to happen um, – like yeah, he'd be awesome. He'd be fucking amazing as Wolverine. I would be totally down for that. Um, in fact, like I think there were two people before um, Punisher happened and before Venom happened, and it was like to me, it was like either Tom Hardy or John Bernthal. Um, one of those is still ongoing. The other one, maybe not so much. So I could totally see that. I also really love Dane's idea of Ben Foster. Um, it, for two reasons. One, Ben Foster is just a fucking amazing actor. Um, I think he could hit hit the gym and like bulk up enough. Um, he's about my height, maybe five six, five seven, maybe five eight, um, but still short enough to like be able to play that kind of shorter version of Wolverine. Um, and he was in 
like he was played Angel in the original uh, X Men trilogy in X Men Three, um, so he has like somewhat of a connection there. Um, but like, no, I think he would be great uh, for the part. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's really interesting to me the fact that they want to um, really c- kind of go uh, gung ho in this and 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 figure out this casting, get that out of the way. And then, you know, figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to implement this. And I'm sure Kevin Feige already has like a like a foolproof plan of how he's going to do it. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think uh, the, the fact that they are already possibly looking at, at um, utilizing uh, a, a Wolverine character in the near future is huge. And, you know, if X-Men versus – uh, the Avengers is their next big like Avengers film and their next big team up film. I would be cool with that though. I think you're missing out on the scrolls. They should do a secret invasion thing before they do that. In my opinion, just because you're setting up the scrolls um, already in Captain Marvel, like it seems to me that would be the next transition. Um, do that in the interim while you're building the X-Men and that whole storyline, and then you can culminate with Avengers 6 to be X-Men versus Avengers. That would be my preferred way for them to dole it out. Fair enough. I mean, both stories to me are, are going to not feel the same if, if Robert Downey and Chris Evans are done after Endgame. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see true. how they market these movies, uh, even if it is the Secret Invasion without Iron Man or, or Captain America. But Dane, I want to make sure you have <clears throat> you have your time. What are your thoughts on everything that that I named on the Fox Marvel news, and what stood out to you the most? Um, I'm definitely happy that there is some talk about you know them talking about this whole Deadpool thing because it is a moneymaker. Um, he's a character that people resonate with, and it shouldn't be something scary that Disney has had a you know has had. A film production company like Touchstone Pictures produce rated R material. Um, they have the, all the Fox entities coming over. I mean, this is good for not just Deadpool, but like some of the franchises like Aliens and stuff like that. That they'll have a home. They're not going to be tampered with. And I think all of a sudden com- coming, but it's good to have a confirmation from ba- Bob Iger about this. Um, as far as the Wolverine stuff, I mean, I knew this. I knew we were going to get a Wolverine pretty close. I I think it is to, you know, get it out there, get people to, you know, gripe about it, about how it's not Hugh Jackman, sacrifice a couple goats or whatever the fuck they're going to do, and then we'll be over it, and maybe around the same time that we get a new Batman, we'll get a new Wolverine around the same age. Um, of course, I have a couple choices myself. Um, I really like uh, one of the uh, contenders for Batman, Jack O'Connell, from Unbroken, uh, I think that he's got a good look. Like I said, he's got like this um, Taron Egerton without looking like like having that baby face look to him. Um, but him, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Daniel Radcliffe, man. He's five five, and I mean he can get stocky as hell. I know people are gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm still gonna say Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Logan Marshall Green's another guy that I think would be really good. Um, ben Foster, who I've been saying for a long time. Uh, I think all these guys would kill it. They're all under five foot. They're all good actors. Um, anyone that doesn't like the Shia LaBeouf, I, if, if it's because of his face or, or something with his looks, I get it. But if it's because of his acting, I don't think that you have enough credibility in saying that probably haven't even seen the films where he's doing great acting. in. so it's very much like that Zac Efron, um, 
style concept with people's way of thinking that are parent movie fans. But, you know, whatever. I think that he would kill it. I love the idea for Bernthal and for Hardy. They, I mean, both of them were my top two choices for a very long time. Ever since I saw John Bernthal on The Walking Dead as Shane, um, I'm going to hope that Punisher does happen, and I'm going to keep hope for that. But if he got cast, that would be great. I just feel like they're going to do a younger um, X-Men group, like within their 20s, maybe early 30s, and they're probably going to need Wolverine, even though, granted, he is from the 1700s, but him and Jean Grey have a relationship. They should establish that within the films, you know, that, that triangle between them and Cyclops. And I think you've got to keep him a little bit younger, more so. Uh, so I feel they're probably going to go that. There's no confirmation behind that. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything wrapped up um, in a nice bow. And, I mean, get Ryan Reynolds back as Deadpool, obviously. If not, we'll, we'll riot. We will. And I French like, movie. Uh... I like Shia as Wolverine. I think he would be pretty good. Um, in the past few years, my opinion of his acting has certainly uh, turned around, and I actually 100% agree with you, Dane. I think that would be a great casting if they want to bring him in. Yeah. There's, out of the names that, some of you guys, that you guys have named, I don't see any of them being a bad pick. Um, I personally don't have any preference uh, for, for Wolverine, I haven't really given it that much thought. Um, but I, I, I what like about Ben Affleck? Guys... No, I don't <laughs> want Ben Affleck as Wolverine. I want Ben Affleck as Batman. That's what I want. Um, <laughs> I love you, Joel. The, the, biggest, <laughs> the biggest news that stuck out to me out of everything that I was saying is Disney uh, thinking about possibly having four Marvel movies a year. Again, not including the Venom universe or the Into the Spider universe. Mainly because what I think you start to do, even though technically you already have like 80 million Marvel movies a year, I think what you're <laughs> starting to do is overloading. Um, I think two movies a year, three tops, is perfect. Um, I think four on top of what Sony's doing, on top of what DC's doing, is where you start to see well, – let me not say start to see, but you will start to see – um, people kind of feel like it's a superhero movie every day. But if they're good, it won't matter. Um, but that comes from everyone, not not just Marvel, not just DC, um, with what Sony is doing also. So I think that's very bold of them to try to do uh, one in February, uh, February or March, one around April or May, one around July or August, and then one around, um, well, two, yeah, one around uh, no, the end of the year, around the end of the year. Um, I think that's very bold of them. I mean, why not? I mean, you make really good movies and they make tons of money. Why not? <laughs> well, four. they're pulling back on Star Wars, so might as well throw in an extra fucking Marvel movie, right? But I will say this, Nick. I will say this. This is where the fatigue might start to come from. Uh, they're talking about doing X-Men shows on Disney+. Plus. They're doing Star Wars shows Love on it. Disney+. Plus. They're doing Love Marvel it. shows on Disney+. Plus. Um, Love so it. I was hoping they would do is the more shows you produce that are connected to your movie universe, the you less could do movies less you movies. would need. Yeah, right, the less I movies you. you would need. So, because if you're doing movies and shows and TV shows and, you know, like, it just, it becomes just, like, all right. Hey, man, they're just going to push this envelope as far as they can. That's what they're going to do. They are. They are. But, guys, that is our show. I want to thank Pia, Dane, and Nick. 
Uh, I had so much fun doing the show with you guys. We geeked out a crap load. Um, and I think the moral of today's episode is uh, if we are asked who wants the trench movie, I think our title of this show <laughs> speaks for itself, not us. Um, <laughs> we're not interested, James Wan. But um, I want to thank you guys again. Make sure you guys tune in to Top Ten. I believe it is tonight, right, Thea? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Make sure you guys tune into that. Also, Full Court Press and uh, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. We have the NBA All-Star Game this week, so I'm pretty sure Nick will have some great topics for us. Um, so outside of that, stay tuned. We'll see.